0: Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. At Arise, we're a community of imperfect people pursuing and experiencing a transformative relationship with Jesus and one another. For more information, you can find us online at ariseonline.org. Thanks for listening. As we're finishing up offering, why don't, uh, as we get settled in here, why don't you turn to the person next to you and answer this question really quick, like 30 seconds. When was the last time that um, you needed help with something because you couldn't do it yourself? Real quick, 30 seconds. Last time you needed help with something because you couldn't do it yourself. Wow, this was a good question. There's a lot of chatter out there. So what? Do, so what do we have here? Just shout something out. Uh, when when did you need help with something? This weekend, this weekend doing what? Helping with my kids. Oh, kid help. Yeah. What else? <laughs> out here or at home? Okay. What else? That's it? Yeah, I'd need help with that one too, Fo show. Sure. All right, well, I, what, you guys want to start out with a story today, or should we just jump right in? Story, okay. Start out with a story, who I've told no one this yet. So um, this is the first time that I've actually repeated this out loud, and it happened about two weeks ago, I believe it was February 2nd. Right after all that cold snap came, we had one warm day on a Friday, and I decided I'm gonna go up to Big Stone Lake quick, I know what you're thinking, to ice fish, no. I have um, a lot that I had for sale. For those of you that don't know, I'm a realtor. And I just had this random lot up there that someone found me, and I stuck a sign in there because I figured it wouldn't be that big of a deal, I wouldn't have to do much. Couple Couple hours of work, and if it sold, hooray. If not, maybe I'd get a little advertising. I should have known better, because part of my reasoning for going up there also was, what an excuse to fish, right? Maybe I'd call Seth. This was back in October, by the way, or September, October. said, hey, I'll get to go fish for at least a few hours that day, and I did. I should have known that any time I selfishly do something for work or for myself, it's going to backfire just a little bit. So February 2nd, the contract came up, and we're not sure what we're going to do with the lot, so... I thought, it's a nice day, it's warm, it's sunny in Sioux Falls, I'm just gonna buzz up to Big Stone. It's a two and a half hour drive and it's a beautiful, beautiful lake. So I get up there and I top the ridge and I look down, you can see the, you can see, and I just took my, I just took my Jetta um, up there because I figured I'd rather have 40 miles to the gallon versus 14 miles to the gallon with my truck and I start to go down this nice, beautiful little hill that wraps around the lake and goes down, and I go and I grab my sign. Knowing it's gonna be frozen in the ground, I brought like a two-by-four to get some leverage and pound it out, and all's good. I hop back in my car, turn around, go up, and as I'm driving up, I look to see how steep that hill is. The first thought that goes through my mind is, you still have not put those other tires on. Not that they're bad, or really without tread, but they're just not good snow tires. And so I gun it a little bit. I go around the curve as fast as I can go, and I jump up the hill. And I get about halfway up there, my car stops moving forward and starts to slide back down. So I straighten it, throw it in reverse, back up, and get down and and the way that the hill goes down, so if I'm looking this way, so if I go down, it turns and it also goes straight closer to the lake this way and there's some houses down there. So as I back up, I get a little bit, I turn around, I get a little bit better running start but still I can only go so fast because getting around that curve and I don't even get it halfway to where I was the last time and I start sliding back down the hill again. Now there are some thoughts and words going on in my head that I can't say in this sanctuary. So then I reverse it and I go all the way back. So I go back straight. I'm gonna get the best run I can just going straight so I don't have to hit the curve. I go back as far as I can where I feel safe and I just, now I'm praying here also, mind you. Can I turn this off? It's buzzing, sorry. Stand by. Sorry. Anyways, um, s- sorry. I get as good as run as I can. I make it just past my tire marks from the first time. And I slide all the way back down the hill. Well, I put it in reverse and came down. So then I sat there, basically like this. Lord, what am I going to do right now? My first thought is I should call Seth so he can enjoy this with me, because typically these are the things that happen when Seth and I are together, Because there's something goofy like this happens. I'm going to put this on hold now. So I've teased you a little bit but what's going to happen, and we're going to jump in and we'll get back to this, okay? I'm sorry if you really wanted to hear what happened. It'll come later. So back to where we were, we've been in Galatians now for five weeks, Okay? This is our sixth week, we're closing out Galatians. If you remember in chapter one, Mike started us us off um, with the title, No Other Gospel, Book of Galatians. And if you remember, for those of you that haven't been here or you've been gone or missing a little bit, uh, if you missed a couple weeks, um, Paul is writing to the Galatians saying, remember who you are and why you believe in Jesus. It's because of what Jesus did and your faith in Jesus versus anything else, basically. it was, It's not Jesus plus, it's only Jesus. Then we got into chapter two, where Paul is continuing to remind them, do not be deceived if anyone comes teaching you something else. And then he goes on to say, remember, faith started way back with Abraham before Jesus even came just tying it back to Abraham. And then Mike came back and um, uh, preached on um, we are heirs to the kingdom and what that means to be heirs to the kingdom of God and what that represents and how do we represent that. Do we believe that we are actually heirs to the almighty, the highest God, the highest king that there is? Then Seth last week came in and he preached on um, being free in Christ, what freedom in Christ means. It doesn't mean his example running off to Hawaii. Now that um, you don't have a chaperone and you can do whatever you want. But what it actually means to live in in Christ and that freedom. Remember he said to breathe, to walk in the Spirit. When things are going when things are going wrong, even to just to keep walking through it, um, to keep making your way forward, and then to love. And now as we get into um, uh chapter Six. Paul is going to tie all of this together with uh, a conclusion, and basically it's the application part of everything that he's that he's been uh, writing to the Galatians about. I'm super dry today, sorry. I think this is my third bottle. So we're going to get into I'm going to start us in Galatians five. 25 and 26, it leads us really nice into um, chapter six. Paul continues to write, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. He goes on now in six. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of of faith. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ." Peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear my body, I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Lord, we submit ourselves to your word today and to the teachings of Paul. And I pray that. This would be understood. I pray that uh, this teaching would transform us, that it would open our hearts and our open eyes. and we would see perhaps you differently, or we would see others differently. So come, teach us. Spirit be with us. It's in your name. Amen. So there's a lot in even in just this short chapter six, I'm gonna pull out one thing. We could probably make four sermons out of this, but seeing how I probably only have a half hour of time, I'm just gonna pull one out of it. And we're gonna focus on this part here um, in verse two. Where it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one of, let each one test his own work and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. So at some point here, Paul is, Paul is starting to, um, or he had recognized that the Galatians were not, first off, carrying their own load and helping others. And we don't exactly know what that was. We don't know why he's telling, um, telling them to, bear one another's burdens. We can only assume that something wasn't going on and they weren't walking in Christ like they should or bearing each other's burdens in Christ like they should. So when we look at that, I think we do a pretty good job of bearing one another's burdens for the most part. There's always things that can be better. So what I want us to start thinking about is how do we carry the load for others? How do we bury burdens? And why do we do it? I think we know the why, but why don't we do it? Um, If we can start to have those circulating in the back of our brains a little bit, what prevents us from helping others or carrying um, others' burdens? Paul gets to it here just a little bit when he says, first off, carry others' burdens. And he says, but carry your own load. If you look back, so at first that didn't make sense to me. I'm like, okay, so I'm not only supposed to carry my own load, but then I've got to carry everyone else's burdens. So as I started um, getting into it a little bit more and looking up these words, these Greek words, this burden that Paul uses means something heavy. So think of it like the burden is the boulder that you just, you can probably maybe push it yourself, but it's really, really tough, right? So you've got this boulder, this burden that you've gotta carry, and you absolutely need help with it. You shouldn't try and do it yourself or you're gonna throw your back out. This load that he's talking about, think of it as just like a backpack. You've got your school backpack. This load, you can carry it yourself. It's not that big of a deal. Or you may make a bigger deal out of it than what you need to. And that's what he's trying to say here is, hey, check yourself so that if you just have a slight load that you can carry yourself, just carry it and take care of it. Maybe, for instance, this morning, just because I don't want to shovel or snowblow, I don't call Chris and say, hey, dude, I need you. Come on over and." get my driveway for me not that you know my neighbor can't do it to be nice right not that not that that's not nice that you can do but I'm not going to call Chris and put a little load on him however if I'm up in Canada he was my backup so that if it did snow he would come over and snowblower shovel for my wife so I didn't put that burden on him Is that kind of makes, or burden on her does that make sense Right, so you've got loads and you've got burdens. And I think we all have known people in the past or know people now that have put their loads on us and it has become a burden sometimes. There are those people out there that, whether it's for attention or laziness or a need to feel accepted or victimized or whatever it is, it happens. And that's what Paul is saying here is, hey, If you can carry your own load, carry it. If it becomes a burden, or if there's a burden, go get help or find someone. And the only way that we can see if someone needs help sometimes is when we know them. I mean, truly, truly know them. I know a lot of you out here, but I'm not all up in your personal business all the time. I don't know if you need help. I don't know if you have a burden that's sitting inside of you that you need help with. And so that's what also... I really feel that Paul is directing us towards in here is to say, hey, don't let your pride get the best of you. And if you need help with a burden or you need help carrying something, you need to ask for help. These burdens of raising kids on your own or being a single mom or a single dad, um, maybe you got water into your house, we have, I'm gonna get it wrong again, our disaster relief disciples, disaster disciples, did I get it? Like we have this group now, it's the same thing. You get water in your house or something happens, you're out of town and you know that you've gotta get your sidewalk shoveled to to get a hold of these people. But I think, especially as men, I don't know about you women, I, I won't speak for the women, but as men, I know I have a hard time kind of letting that pride go and asking for help when I really do need help with something. So we're gonna jump back to my story here. So remember, I'm still sitting here in my car, eyes closed, praying, Lord, one more time. Get me up this hill. First I stop out, I step out of my car, I try and kick some extra snow off my tires, like that's really gonna help, right? (laughs) And also in the back of my head at this time, I'm tempted to call Darren Ploym just to laugh because I had talked to him like two months ago and said, hey, my tires suck, what should I do? I didn't, but like all these thoughts are going through my head. So I slowly start to move forward. I put on the gas and I get through and I, I'm getting a good clip. I get all the way up, halfway up the hill and I start coming right back down. So this is four times I've tried this and I realized that Okay? I'm not miraculously, like God isn't coming to put sand under my tires or give me chains. Like I I realized this. And then I realized that my cell phone doesn't even work from where I'm at. And I do remember seeing a guy just randomly out by his house, quarter mile down. So I suck up my pride. And that's, I, I seriously suck up my pride. And I drive down there and I knock on his door and I humbly tell him that I'm dumb. And I came down that hill in my VW and he smiles and says, let me go get, um, let me go get some warmer clothes on and I've got a tow and I'll, I've got my F-150 and we'll go. And my, my first thought is, oh man, I really hope an F-150 can get my car up this because I'm not sure if my simple sport track and four-wheel drive can. I, I, I have no idea. So we pull out, and he's a super nice guy. And I follow him up, and he comes, and he straps on, and he seriously pulls me up like I'm a go-kart or a sled. I mean, I was up in like 30 seconds, which kind of humiliates me just even a little bit more that I couldn't get up there. And this guy is so So, so nice. But as you can see here is I had a small load that I couldn't take care of, and it became a burden because there's no way that I could have gotten up there. So it became something that I really, I I had to have help with. In the midst of this, it humbled me a little bit, so it taught me, but also... The crazy thing through it is with this, I could also witness and proclaim Christ to this guy. Now, I don't know where he's at in his faith or what it was or if what I said made a difference whatsoever, but at least I could reflect God and praise God for this guy helping me. So that's one story. much time do I have? I still got time. Um, I look at this pride thing, dropping this pride thing Obviously, as you guys can tell, that I I, I do have, I think a lot of guys have pride issues, but I I do have this pride where I can do things myself. And sometimes it hurts, even when just I'm at home and my kids want to help me do something, right? Where I say, hmm, I could do this myself way faster. But instead, I've got to slow down and remind myself that I should let them. I still have this. I still have a hard time doing this. It's just like I know I can do this myself. Um, and, and just little things around the and little things around the house. Two, you may have heard this story before. About two years ago, when I was knee deep in studying, at the end of the summer and the in the fall, our, our lawn was just getting away from me. It was that that season where it's rainy and it's. 85 degrees, perfect, and it grows like seven inches each hour. And Crystal says, I'm going to go mow the lawn for you. I was like, whoa. (laughs) And it's not that I'm like this, we have this crazy, amazing lawn, and I feel like I have to do it or no one's going to do it better. But there's this little bit of guy, husband, pride, where I don't want my wife to mow, and I don't want my wife to shovel snow. I don't know why, I just, I've never made her shovel snow, right? Maybe she'll, and even when she does I'm like, what are you doing? I'll get it, like, like this this is my duty, you know? But anyways, I'm sitting in there studying, and I can see her because I'm sitting in the sunroom, and she's out there mowing, and in my heart I'm feeling guilty this whole, like this pride, I'm feeling guilty that I'm making her do this. But it had become a burden with other things that I was doing in life, right? So I, need, I needed to let go of this pride that I have, this thing that I think I need to do everything myself. So Paul here is giving us our reasons to bury others to bury other burdens, and it's put so nicely here. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now remember, he told us we don't need to be in the law of Moses, but be in the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? Pretty simple, we love God with all our right, strength, our heart, our mind, and then we love one another, right? And in doing so, as Christ carried our burdens to the cross, we emulate Jesus in carrying others' burdens for them, so we reflect Christ, right? We bury, we we carry each other's burdens, so we emulate Christ and what he did for us. Does that make everyone tracking with that? That makes sense, right? As Christians, we need, or followers of followers of Christ, Christians, whatever you want to call yourself, as we live out our faith in a biblical community, we have a responsibility to one another. And what Paul is letting us know is what being in community looks like. And it's being in community through the gospel that follows the gospel. As I said, I think we do a pretty good job of this at Arise is helping each other out, whether it's freezer meals, kids, whatever's going on. We try, we try and do our uh, our best. And I know we all fall short, things happen, people slip through the cracks, we confess we're not perfect, we're sorry. But also, if your something is needed, it's that same thing, don't let pride or just thinking that they should have caught that, this should happen, Give a phone call and say, hey, I need a freezer meal. Hey, I need food. I need someone to do this. Can we get someone together? I guarantee you there is not a deacon or elder, whether it's spiritually, physically, or emotionally, that if you called them and said, hey, I need my walk shoveled. My walk shoveled? Yeah, my walk shoveled. Or if I have something or if if I have a sin issue that I need help with, we're not going to judge you. We're not gonna say do it yourself, go shovel your own walk. We're gonna get someone together to help you out because we want to help out. And I think, so as we go back to my car story, I'm looking for this divine intervention that I'm gonna get up the hill, right? Snow tires miraculously on my car, I didn't change it but all of a sudden I've got, what do I have, 18 inch wheels? 24 inch wheels or something on my car and I get up. But sometimes we have to look past this divine intervention, this miracle, and look to the people around us that have actually helped us. And they are that vessel that God uses. Really great story. I think I can get through this without crying. Maybe. All right, a year and a half ago, um, our friend Alicia Crevy passed. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, so <clears throat> Jake has four kids, and their youngest, Caroline, I believe she was, two months old at the time, and still nursing. And I think I know who found the person because they needed breast milk, and it's crazy that they're gluten-free, dairy-free, bacon-free, I think, which, I don't know, I mean, we, we won't judge. But basically, there is like, oh, natural, whatever is bad for you that you put in your body, they don't do it. I want to, was it Melissa, did you find someone? So Melissa found someone that, she was nursing for, I don't know, months afterwards. How long was it? She had stopped. She had stopped nursing her kids, but felt that God called her to. Right. Right, so she's still pumping. And so Melissa tells us this, and somehow Paul and Abigail Lexton end up with it in their freezer, like six boxes, like diaper, I think a diaper huge boxes so oh that's what it was thank you man thank you for your good memory there was was so many I could barely fit them in my car and I have a pretty big trunk with my Jetta we laid the seats down shoved everything in shoved everything in there I think it was Matt Harsh that I went up there with because we were zip lining together up there that's another story So anyways, we put these frozen boxes in and cruise up to Elkton as quick as we can. And we get up there and we're talking like, this is just crazy that all this milk is available for Caroline and it's gluten, dairy-free and whatever it was. And we get up there and I pull into the Morton building where Jake's dad is, Bruce. And he's like, yeah, come on over. I've got the the freezer, the stand-up freezer ready. So we go, and I kid you not, every box fit in there perfect without anything to spare in. As I'm telling Bruce about this, and back then the story was kind of fresh in my head so I didn't mess it up like I did a minute ago. But I said, it's crazy that all of this breast milk is available. And he says, what's even, what's even more crazy is two weeks ago my neighbor called And they were moving, and they didn't have room for this freezer. And they asked if Bruce wanted it, and he said, yeah, sure. I, got, I don't know what we'll do with it, but like we'll hold it for you, or we'll keep it and find something to do with it. So like two weeks before that, or months before that with Melissa's friend or whoever, whoever she was, his God was setting up these things. So as we carry each other's burdens, if we look back, we can start to see how God uses us and uses good things around us and uses our hearts, uses our hearts to, to do his work here. Right? We have a responsibility to one another. We're not just in it for ourselves. God will use us if we need to. I'm all about stories today. This one won't make me cry. It's almost maple syrup season. So I love to make my own maple syrup. My neighbor has a whole bunch of maple trees next to me and I've tapped them the last couple years. There's about 10 trees and I typically put about um, two taps in each tree usually. And for those of you that don't know, it takes a lot of sap to make a little bit of syrup. Typically, it's about 40 gallons of sap make one gallon of syrup. There's a lot of boiling to be done. So there's a lot of collecting that needs to be made. And um, last year, it was about 33 gallons to one gallon. It was a, really, it was a high sugar year. But my point in this is, is not every tree produces the same amount, even on the same day or the same grouping? It's weird. It's like there's a family, and I might have two tre- two taps that are this far apart, and one is giving me five gallons a day. I've got to empty it twice, and one is like sitting here like this. It's like what? Like my taps are this far apart. What's going? What's going on? You know why is it happening? But my point to this story is. So I've got this whole family of trees, and I've got 20 taps out there. Not every, not everyone is, is giving the same amount, or sometimes they're just, pardon the pun, it's just tapped out, right? Just like sometimes we're tapped out. Like we need help. We're tired. Something's going on. You've got a new kid, and you've been up and up and up, and you need to tap out a little bit, and you need some help, or you need something going on. I know there's a lot of new babies here, and I've I, I just heard twice today, how's it going? Something to the effect of, I should have never had another kid. I mean, it, it, was, it was something to that. It was said much nicer, but I just paraphrased to be funny. Okay? But there are moments we get here where we need to have, we need to lean on each other. Burns get too strong. Is everyone understanding that? That's what we're here. We're like a family of trees that sometimes I can't produce what's needed and I need help. Okay, and then there might be that next time when all of a sudden the day gets warmer and you're, everything starts and then you can produce as much as the next tap does. But don't be afraid to let someone know, hey, I need some help. I'm tapped out. I'm exhausted. This burden that's on me, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, whether there's something stuck inside you, and and say you've been carrying a sin for a long time, and you need help with this, I promise you, I guarantee you, there is not one elder in here, past or present, that will not walk with you in this. We've been through it all, we've seen it all, we're there to walk with you. We'll help you carry this burden to get you through it. We want to pray with you. All right. So whether we carry burdens or have our burdens carried, God will work through us to reflect his glory. And to emulate Jesus, we carry these burdens of others just as Christ carried our burdens to the cross. All right? We now live under the law of Christ. Not under the law of anything else, but under the law of Christ, and that's to love God and to love our neighbor, to carry these burdens with each other, to pick each other up, to love each other, and to be with each other. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Paul's words. I thank you for his teaching that he reminds us but what it actually means to live in community and live into the community of the gospel, to live into the gospel which you teach us. So I pray today that as we leave here we will be sensitive to other people's needs, sensitive to walk with them, to take care of them physically, emotionally, or spiritually. I pray that as we walk through, we will see how you work through us or you work through our friends or our neighbors or our friends, but somehow that we will always recognize how you are moving through us and moving around us, guiding us and teaching us. So Lord, just keep us alert. Show us what it means to love as your son loved us, how he carried our burdens to the cross for us so we carry each other. It's in your precious name, amen.